1: have been doing a series in the first eleven chapters of the book of Genesis. It is in those uh, in those chapters we find so much out about who we are, um, where we came from, and exactly what God expects for us. So we're going to continue that series today. And at this time, we're going to have um, Holly Batch Elder who will lead us in our scripture today.
0: Our scripture is Genesis 6, verses 1 through 8. When man began to multiply on the face of the land, and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that the daughters of man were attractive, and they took as their wives any they chose. Then the Lord said, My spirit shall not abide in man forever, for he is flesh. His days shall be 120 years. The Nephilim were on the earth in those days. And also afterward, when the sons of God came in to the daughters of man and they bore them and they bore children to them. These were the mighty men who were of old, the men of renown. The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord regretted that he had made the man on the earth and it grieved him to his heart. So the Lord said, I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the land, the man and animals and creeping things and birds of the heavens, for I am sorry I have made them. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord.
1: Thank you, Holly. Um, as we've been in the book of Genesis, um, we've Uh, seen the creation of man. We've seen um, God bring chaos, uh, bring order to that which was chaotic. We've seen the fall of man. We've seen um, uh, strife uh, and envy among brothers. And so now we get to chapter six, where um, we look and we see that God is, God is there in the midst of his people and he's not happy with what he sees. So basically in Genesis, uh, actually in, uh, we see two lines, which um, we see in Genesis chapter four, we see the growing wickedness of the people that God has created. Even in chapter four, we see our first polygamist, who was also a man who who rejoiced in murder. Um, And that is the line of Cain. Then we see the line of Seth, which is traced in Genesis five. And this line displayed righteousness. This line included Enoch who walked with God and was not for God took him. In the line of Seth was born Noah, who we will talk about a little bit later today and more next week. In these two lines, what we see the line of Cain and the line of Seth we see one line that was obedient to God, and then we see the other line which was disobedient to into him, to God. In Genesis chapter six, it tells us that man was multiplying on the face of the land uh, and the daughters were born to them. In verse two, we find um, something that is challenging to us um, scripturally. And also um, it has many, many different schools of thought. We see the words, the son of God, just who are the son of God's? There are many different thoughts on who the son of god was i'm i believe that the son of god is the line of cain and this line of cain was the willful disobedient they were willful disobedient to the things of god and these men these men the son of god married the daughters of seth and that's where the problem came in so what problem was it what was the problem with the son of God marrying the daughters of of man, uh, the daughters of Seth. The problem is intermarrying. There, there, throughout Scripture, intermarrying in the Pentateuch, it, it is talked about that God forbid intermarrying. So God is not pleased with this intermarriage, and that is what's happening. Let me be clear. The intermarrying marrying had nothing to do with race, nationality, or uh, ethnicity, but it had everything to do with believers marrying unbelievers. Deuteronomy chapter seven tells us you should not intermarry, you should not give your daughters to their sons or take their daughters for your sons. So God, the anger of the Lord will be kindled against you and he will destroy you quickly. That was the intermarriage of believers and unbelievers. Second Corinthians six tells us, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers for what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness or what fellowship has light with darkness. So from, from the very beginning and throughout the Bible, God was against intermarriage of believers and nonbelievers. So listen to what God says. He says, so he was so displeased with that. He says, my spirit shall not abide with men forever. My spirit shall not abide with men forever. What we see here is we see a picture of God's judgment and God's mercy. For he says his days shall be a 120 years. So what God has given man an opportunity to repent for his evilness. I mean, 120 years, some people may say, you know, well, what was God going to do? What was God waiting on? What we see is, yes, God's going to punish our sin, but also God is merciful because God is allowing man an opportunity to repent. So sin is rampant but God is merciful. Church, that is good stuff. We can shout about that because God is merciful. God is patient before he brings his judgment on sin. Man, that is that is exciting. We need to be happy about that, that God is merciful. I am so grateful for the mercy of God because I have failed many times, just like you have failed many times, brother and sister, but God is merciful. He gives us an opportunity to, to repent. How great of God do we serve? Let's look at verse four. Verse four tells us, it says that the Nep, um, um, the Nihims were in the land. And to be quite honest with you, I'm not sure what to make of that. Who who are these people? Again, this is a this is something that has uh many thoughts on who the Nephilim were. Listen, all I can tell you is this: they were connected to the evil doing that was going on that God saw. He knew He He saw them, they were in the land, they were connected to it. Scripture says that they were renowned men, that their fame was all over the land. So even though they were doing things, they were doing, they could could accomplish incredible feats. And oftentimes, when we see someone who looks like they are connected and look like they're prospering, we tend to put our hope in them. The nephew were in the land, they were connected to the evilness. We should never ever put our hope in man or in our own abilities. This is a picture of people that were evil, but still had the ability to do great things. So what I need us to see is that God can use anybody. God can use anybody to accomplish the things that he wants. But we cannot put our hope. We can never place our hope in our own doings. If we place our hope in our own doings, we wind up getting ourselves in more trouble than we could ever, ever imagine. Let's look at verse five. Verse five says this. The Lord saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intention of the thought of his heart was only evil continually. God has given us here a full picture of sin. Sin was great. Every intention of man, his, his very thought was always Because the word is continual. It was always evil. Man man was in a terrible state, incapable of doing good, incapable of self-correction, as it was so, so strong that man didn't even recognize the evil that he was doing, or he knew that it was evil and did not even care. Brothers and sisters, I want us to see something here. Isaiah tells us this, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned one to his own way. We have all become like one who is unclean and all our righteous deeds are like a polluted garment. We all fade like a leaf and our iniquities like the wind take us away. Listen to what Paul says, as it is written, none is righteous. No, not one. Listen, I want us to see this as not us looking at like in the beginning, those people were bad. They they were terrible. They they were out of control. Evil was running rampant. These people were just horrible, horrible, horrible people. Brothers and sisters, what I want us to see today is that it's not just a they were not just a broken aside society. We, we can never stand back and just look at the brokenness of people and begin to talk about how wicked people are. What we need to see from this passage is that we're just like those people in this passage. We are capable of doing evil far greater than we can ever, ever imagine. Let me share a story with you. Several years ago, I went on a trip with my father and and a retired pastor who who I affectionately called his granddad, and he he was like a mentor to many many uh, other pastors. And we're, while we were at this convention, I overheard—we all overheard—some brothers talking about a pastor who had fallen. He had gotten caught in uh, an adulterous affair, and he fell. And and I heard the brethren talking about all the stuff uh, he had lost because of this fall. And while they were talking, the older pastor who was in his 90s at that time, he leaned over and he said, you know what the saddest part about this story is, son? I said, what, sir? He said that we're all capable of the same thing. Brothers and sisters, we're all capable of falling, we're all capable of doing evilness, so so we ought to be glad that God is merciful, we ought to be glad that God extends mercy to us, amen. Praise the Lord, we're all capable of this. And guess what? God knows our hearts, and we cannot escape the punishment that is due. For our sins, we cannot escape it. We cannot escape it. Let's look at verse 6. Look at verse 6 that this evil was so rampant, it was out of control. Look, look at verse 6. Look, look at what God says in verse 6. God and the Lord regretted that He had made man on the earth, and it grieved Him to His heart. This is something that the creator, the all-knowing God, saw the wickedness that was running rampant and it, it, he, it he regretted that he made man. It, he was sorrowful to his heart. He was sorry that he had made him. I wonder how often, I wonder how often God begins to, to look at us and become sorry that he made us. Somebody ought to be happy now because he don't see us in our sins. He every time he sees us, he sees us. He sees the blood that Jesus shared for us. Let me say this. I want to I be very clear here that when God sees us, verse number six is not in no way applying or uh, implying that God changed his mind. It is in no way. implying that God did not see this coming. It is in no way implying that God's plan failed, but rather it was showing us the magnitude of God's displeasure, how displeased he was, how disappointed he was in, uh, the disappointment he felt because of the sin of man. That's something that God, the creator, looks down and sees so much evil that it disappoints him, that it causes him to be sad about a creation that he made. Look at this. Look at verse seven. Verse seven says this. Verse seven says. So the Lord said, I will blot out man whom I've created from the face. Of the land, man and animal, and creeping things and birds of heavens. For I am sorry that I have made them. Mm. He was sorry that he made them. You know what that's you know what this means to me? Is that we cannot escape the penalty of sin, brothers and sisters. This says here that our sin deserves for us to be blotted out. All sin deserves God's wrath and the curse of God. That's what all sin deserves. All sin deserves for us to be blotted out. It deserves the wrath of God and the curse of God. That's what it that's what it deserves brothers and sisters let's be very clear that we're not we we on our own there's no good in us there's none of us that can sit back and say i'm not as bad as that person i'm not as bad as that person i may do this but i don't do that all of our sin deserves wrath god's wrath and 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 the curse of god but look at verse eight this is good stuff, man. This is good stuff. I'm about to get up. I'm about to jump up and down and run around in my house because verse eight brings hope. Listen to what it says. Verse eight says this, but Noah found favor in the eyes of God. He found favor in the eyes of God. I want to be very clear because I don't want nobody to to leave this Uh, gathering today and said, I want to be just like Noah. I want to be the one that when God looks down, that God sees me in the midst of all this evilness and I am the only one that's doing right. See, Noah found favor. Understand this, favor, when you find out what favor is, favor comes from a Greek word that means grace. And grace means something that we cannot earn. He found it. It's not like he he is it's like he stumbled upon it. it. It wasn't something that he was setting out for. It wasn't something that he he that he was that he says, this is my goal. Favor is unmerited. So God found favor in noah god saw something in noah that noah didn't even know that he had and so it was through noah that humanity was saved only because he found favor that god found favor in noah and it was through noah that humanity was saved good stuff good stuff but i got one better than noah See, Noah could only do so much. Noah was not saved because he was good. Noah and his family were saved because God was good. Y'all, there is somebody better than Noah. Somebody who did for us what Noah could not do for us. I'm talking about the one who lived a sinless life. I'm talking about the one who drank the bitter cup that I should have drinking. I'm talking about the one whose blood has washed away my sins. I'm talking about the one who completely satisfied the father's wrath. What's his name? His name is Jesus. And brothers and sisters, during this time of uncertainty, y'all, when things are going wild, we don't know what's happening, y'all. We can't put our hope in man. We can't look and say, there's one man that I wanna be like. There's one man that I'm hanging my hat on. There's one man, we can't look. There's nobody that walks the face of the earth that can do what Jesus did for us, y'all. Jesus did what nobody else can do. While Noah found favor, Jesus Christ is the favor. Jesus Christ is the one who took on our sins, Jesus Christ is the one who took completely, who completely took away the penalty of sin and death for you and I. These people were wicked beyond measure. And we people are wicked. There's no good. Uh, Paul said this, the evil, look, he want to do good, but he can't do good. When he want to do right, evil is always present. Y'all, it is because of Jesus that when God looks at us, we are justified. It is because of Jesus that when he looks at us, he don't see the sin and we don't get the wrath that's due to us. Listen to this, listen to the words of this hymn. I love it. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest rain, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Brothers and sisters, in this time of uncertainty, when we don't know what's gonna happen tomorrow, I want you to know that Jesus is the way. He will come to you in your time. He is already here. He's here for us. He will lead and guide us. He will protect us. He will keep us safe. I don't know anything else. All I know is that God is supreme. All I know is that Jesus has already made a way for us, y'all. And if you're in your home, you can lift your hands. If you're in your home, you can say, thank you, Jesus, for you have made a way. You have promised never to leave us nor forsake us. Y'all, we have a reason to rejoice. And his name is Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your grace and your mercy. Father, we pray that our hearts and minds are drawn closer to you. Father, we pray that even in the midst of these times, that we never forget who you are, for you have promised to never leave us nor forsake us. So Father, we pray right now, God, as as we lean and depend on you, God, that uh, as we trust in your word, God, that you will be our strength in time of weakness. God, that you would be our hope and sorrow. God, that you would be our shelter in the time of storms. Father, we pray now, God, that you will protect those who, who are around us, that, God, that you will keep your hands of protection on our family and our loved ones. God, that you would just move mightily, God, and that during this time, God, that we can praise you. God, during this time, We're drawn closer to you and God doing this time, God, that we see you above every situation, God, that, that you are high and lifted up and God, may we never forget that you are worthy of all our praise. So father, we thank you. We praise you in Jesus name. We pray. Amen.
0: Thank you for listening to our podcast you would like more information or would like to help support the local body of Christchurch in town, please visit our website at christchurchintown.org.